Welcome to There She Goes, a podcast to inspire women to take off on a solo adventure. I'm your host, Katherine Sullivan. Independent travel presents an extraordinary opportunity to connect to our world and ourselves, and it's never too late to start. Here, women like you share stories of conquering their fears and experiencing the world on their terms. Let's get going. Today, I have a wonderful conversation to share with Melina Lilios, a longtime traveler who's led such an interesting life and career. You're going to love Melina's perspective and her energy. Before we get started, I wanted to share a few quick updates from Vivian Travel. First off, Vivian has a brand new Instagram account. If you'd like, please follow along for little doses of inspiration throughout the week. Find us at vivian.travel. We also have a Facebook group called Vivian Travelers. Head on over to hang out with other women interested in solo travel, ask any questions on your mind, and provide input into future content. Finally, every other Friday, I send out a newsletter to announce updates and share some of my favorite travel writing and some fun links. To subscribe, head over to viviantravel.com slash sign up. Now, back to today's guest. I recently had the pleasure of speaking to the multi-talented Melina Lilios. Born into an international family, Melina has been an avid traveler and tour guide for most of her life. She's also a skilled musician, teacher, and intuitive life coach. We'll hear about Melina's secrets to making deep connections through solo travel with herself and others, and how she decided to take the leap to combine two of her passions, teaching and travel, to create her own tour company in order to share her favorite places with others. Here, Melina kicks things off with how she first got started traveling at a very young age. Basically, that I've been an explorer since I've been very young. I've already traveled to over 60 countries. Yeah, I'm just an explorer at heart. There is one thing I think people like this, this, this idea of traveling has been in my blood since I've been very young. It's not like I suddenly decided like, oh, I'm turning 35 and I'm going to see the world like since I was very young, my first time on an airplane was when I was four years old. And I was like, this is the coolest. And yeah, my mom put me on a Greyhound bus at 10 years old. So you were asking about like my first solo travel experience. Like I remember traveling from Connecticut to New Hampshire on a Greyhound bus all by myself. And I thought, this is just the coolest experience. So the the notion of being alone has never been associated with anything fearful for me. Like unless you're in quarantine for 50 days, you get a little cuckoo, but that's not really fear. That's more just like, it's a different kind of alone. Um, but traveling alone to me is like, it's a joy. It's a thrill. So I guess if there is one thing like for people to know that traveling alone has always just been an exciting venture and a dream for me. It's never been associated with anything fearful at all, ever. That's fantastic to hear. I don't think many others can make the same claim, but I have to imagine getting started at a young age certainly helps. It's clear that your parents were seasoned travelers. What role do you think they played in developing your own love of travel? Good question. Well, my mom is from Brazil. My dad is from Greece. Uh, I'm first generation. We were traveling at a very young age to see our relatives all over the world. Um, they always trusted us. Like we, like, I think my dad even sent me off to Greece after high school as a gift, like go to, go to travel and be on your own. And I think they weren't careless, but they, they really placed a lot of trust because they also were explorers. 
I think when you, when you have parents that also came from their countries to America on their own, I never really thought about that, but there's a parallel there that they both took off on their own, not knowing where they were going. I mean, they went to school, but, but they both took off. So I have exploring genes in my, in my DNA for sure. <laughs> I think it was like, I was 21 years old and I applied for a tour guide job in London and my parents were just ecstatic for me. Like off I went and before I went to school, it was the semester. So I was literally leading tours at 21 years old in England to Spain, France, and Italy. I, you know, never having done tours before I applied via, uh, uh, like just online and a phone because there's no email back then. So they didn't even interview me. They hired me before I even arrived. And so the whole notion of just like going to other countries, working this overseas, uh, like I was never, there was never fear. And I think that was, my parents really believed in me and it's hard for me not to get emotional because they're both gone now, but their, their, their spirit really like just talking to you now reminds me of how much those earlier messages have a part in the way you, I mean, it's obvious, but especially with travel, it could be either one way or the other, like either you're encouraged or there's kind of messages of fear. And so they tend to be in your thought process. I mean, how can it not be like it's, those are messages that are passed on. Melina brings up a really interesting point here. Many of us have been conditioned to view solo travel in a certain way. For her, it was encouraged, natural, fun, but perhaps you received a different message growing up. I'm incredibly grateful that my parents always prioritized travel and exposure to different places and cultures. Mom, if you're listening, thank you. That said, when I was about 20, I floated the idea of a quick solo trip by them, and they expressed some concern, as most parents probably would. So it sounds silly, but I ended up believing for many years afterward that traveling alone as a woman was unsafe. So for anyone concerned about solo travel, it might help to examine whose fears you're carrying around and whether they're even relevant anymore. Melina continues with a quote that her parents believed in and which continues to influence her to this day. How I encourage people to travel is based on a mantra that I grew up with. There was literally a sign over my dining room table as a kid saying, there's no such thing as strangers, only friends you haven't met. And this is actually a quote by William Yates, supposedly. But I actually have, like one of the few things I actually took from my family's house after my parents passed was this little sign. I still have it. It's actually right behind my head right now. I actually share that in some form or fashion that you're really never alone when you're traveling. There are always people to connect with and have conversations. And I love the idea of just having the freedom to be able to stop and talk to whoever I want to when I want to. Like, there's so many advantages to travel. And it's also this identity, like this whole, you can be almost whoever you want to be. Like, not that you want to be something different, but there's no expectations of you when you're traveling alone. Like, there's complete anonymity. And there's nothing more exciting to me than landing in a country where I don't know a single person. And I really mean that. Like, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably different than most people, but it's, it's a true, sincere joy. And your travels have taken you all over the world. How have you formed connections with people wherever you go? Smiling, looking in their eyes, being gracious, being humble. And you know, the, one of the number one things I would say to people humor, just laugh, like just have, have fun with people everywhere you go, like play with a kid, like 
spend time making jokes with people. Like laughter is such a universal equalizer that humor just relaxes everything. Like they don't, they don't see you as a threat. Like you're just joking. You're just so happy to be there. So I would say humility and humor. Oh, I love that. Humility and humor. I feel like together they can take you really far while traveling. Now, what happens when things don't quite go to plan? Have you come up against any big challenges while traveling? Sometimes you deal with like logistical issues and challenges where you're just like, oh my God, like you feel like you're like in an amazing race show. Like, oh my God, I'm stuck here. I remember like taking a boat down the Mekong River and being stuck in Vietnam and they were going through all our passports and like literally there was like a barbed wire going, hmm, I kind of feel like a prisoner of war and I wonder if I'm going to make it over that fence. And so there's there, there's sometimes like logistical issues that can get because you don't have control of laws and you obviously have to obey them and you have to be incredibly patient sometimes. Those kind of situations I learned to let go of the need to control. Challenges, I don't ever feel really unsafe because I don't really go into unsafe situations. I'll bring this up a lot. Uh, and that is using your intuition a lot when you travel. It's, it's down to the metaphor of like, if you see a, a path that is making you say, no, don't go down that path. Like it could be literally a dark alley, which obviously you shouldn't go down, or it could just be making a choice to go to a certain part of the country. Like I really listen to my, I don't know how to call it. Like my, my gut, like it's telling me no that's the advantage of being alone. I think you fine tune your intuition even more because you don't have people saying, do this, do this. Like you have to be your own guide. It's like you're on this vision quest. Like man, oftentimes I go on these trips where I literally travel for months and I don't really have a plan. I've done many trips where I've just landed and where am I going to be in four months? And I love, I actually want to start doing more trips like that again for myself, which I haven't done for a while. Melina just brought up two of my favorite topics surrender, and intuition. When we're faced with situations out of our control, it's important to recognize that rather than fight it, to accept the circumstances and figure out the next best step to take. Regarding intuition, when I can manage to quiet my mind for a moment and tune in instead to my heart and my gut, I've been amazed by how I can find the answer to almost any question, even something as small as where to eat lunch. Solo travel provides an unrivaled opportunity to strengthen both our ability to surrender and to connect to our intuition. Next, I asked Melina to share her most impactful takeaway from solo travel. I guess basically it comes down to you being your own best friend. I think that I know I can take care of myself. Like I don't, I mean, I, I love help. I need help. Sometimes I ask for help. You're making me just want to get on a plane now to anywhere. Like I, I literally just want to go to the airport and going, when's the next plane taking off? I just want to go anywhere right now. Like it's, I'm really missing that right now. Really, really missing that a lot. <laughs> I get so excited just thinking about that. Cause I, that feeling is so real. Because you're letting go of all the material bullshit that we can get so brainwashed about. And excuse me for swearing on your podcast, but like you realize you don't need that much to be happy. Less is so much more. Um, and I've lived for months at a time out of a backpack for years, for years and years and years. All I had was a backpack. As she mentioned earlier, Melina got her start in tourism while she was still in college and continued leading tours in Europe and the U.S. into her mid-20s. She then became a teacher and started spending more time in Asia, specifically Thailand and Bali. In 2006, Elizabeth Gilbert published her famous solo travel memoir, 
Eat, Pray, Love, which of course prompted a lot of sudden interest in Bali. Around that time, Melina was inspired to combine her passion for travel and teaching into her own tour company. Here she shares the story of when and where that idea became a reality. I was in Bali sitting with a friend of mine going, you know what? People are always asking about wanting to come to Thailand and Bali because I've been doing it for so long. Like, why don't I just create a tour around Thailand and Bali? I had 15 people just sign up. I was like, hmm, I think I'm onto something here. Like it, it was really, it was very whimsical. It wasn't like I had this like professional, like I'm going to start a tour company. Like I love these places. I know these hotels really well. I know some really cool things we can do. I already obviously have some tour guiding background. So, I mean, basically that just means I love people and I'm really good with details. And so that's kind of how it started. That's kind of, it was a very organic start. It was basically a place of joy. I, I literally remember sitting with my friend. I was at like some restaurant or bar in Bali going, hmm. And, and, and I remember live, laugh, love. I've always loved that. I love that expression, live, laugh, love. And I thought, oh, Eat, pray, love. I even say that I'm going to put that on my epitaph. Like I lived, I laughed, I loved. I've always loved that whole kind of notion that you, you have one life to live, laugh through it and love as much as you can. And it's, it's a little bit sugary sweet of a, a touring company name, but like people don't forget it. So like I I've kept it. Like I haven't changed my name since like that first impulsive night. I'm going, I'm going to call it live, laugh, love tours. Well, it certainly suits your personality really well. What kind of people come on your tours? Do you get many solo travelers? And I'd say about 50%. And most of them are women. So in a sense, they kind of have the best of both worlds because they can come on a tour per se. They still have a lot of time to explore on their own because I encourage that. Like that to me is what makes these tours really special is, is the idea of going into the unknown, coming back, sharing your stories later. Um, it's not all just free time, but there is a lot of it uh, intentionally placed in my tours just for that sense of exploration. So people still feel that safety, knowing that they can come return to a hotel where we're all gathering, or we're going to have a meal at eight o'clock tonight, come join us there. I really schedule, first of all, we stay in each place at least three or four nights. It's, there's never go, go, go. I mean, even though in my mind, yeah, that's not a lot, but when you have a two week tour, that's still a lot of time just to at least be in one place, but always schedule free time in And people, sometimes people don't like all that time. And so maybe my tour is not the best thing for them though. I always do really cool things as well, but the free time I find is where people come back and share with these amazing stories, like where they ended up today. And they're sharing pictures of their new friend down the street in this little taverna in Greece, or like some little Buddhist monk they ended up talking to for four hours or like, those are, those are the life changing little moments. Cause it's the human connection. Really. It's really, those are the moments that really kind of shake people up. I couldn't agree more. And it sounds like you've really struck the perfect balance between free time to wander and explore and then schedule time as a group as well. Changing topics slightly, for someone who's looking to travel alone and not as part of a group, what sort of tips would you offer? Like if you're trying to choose places to go to, I would go on to, there's so many blogs like and like on, online blog sites. And I, I would say go on Facebook and just join groups because everybody is so generous with information. Like it's pretty, like, I just like kind of going through and seeing what people are sharing and people are very, very generous with information and very informative about what's safe, what's not safe. I asked earlier about challenges that you've come across, but what about safety in particular? Have you ever felt your safety has been threatened? I've never really felt too much in danger. Just like maybe India where 
a little more grabby, grabby, touchy, touchy. Uh, but I've never had any sort of like assault on me. I think I was like, I was mugged once. I was in Thailand. I had a purse over my shoulder and it was like a motorcycle just came by and just grabbed my purse. Like, honestly, I, I fell to the ground. I think they got my purse. I don't even remember. But honestly, if that was just to say that, like the worst thing that has happened to me in all my travels, I mean, we might as well just go there. Like that, that is the worst. I would say talk to people who have been to places that you want to go to either, either online or on Facebook groups, um, or just put a post out on your Facebook page going, Hey, I'm going to Thailand and I want to go to this part of Thailand. I mean, these are the obvious things, but right now social media is like our information base. There was ever time to travel alone. People want to help. People really want to help. Yeah, you're right. It's really amazing how many women are traveling these days and solo too. But I think it's just a sign of the times. I think women are more financially independent now. There's more money out there for them to travel. I think women aren't getting married as early now or at all. <laughs> you know, and I, I haven't even mentioned that I'm not married without kids. So, I mean, that, God, I've never even thought about. Like, that's that's another huge like factor of my life that has allowed me this freedom to travel to over 60 countries. And I can pick up pretty much on a whim. I, I'm not supporting children. I'm supporting a, a now five-year-old cat. Um, not to say that people with kids can't travel, but you're definitely, you can't just take off and go on your own when you have like a five-year-old kid at all. <laughs> like Very true. I guess moms can travel, but it would require a lot of planning, a lot of assistance, but children grow up and eventually those mothers are going to be really eager to travel again, I think. Uh, it's happening a lot. And I think I have a lot of those people that come on my tours as well, too, that their kids are out of college or they've gone through a, a breakup or they've left their job. That's where travel can really heighten those transformational experiences because people literally, they're at a crossroads in their life. And and travel, it's not so much always being in someplace else. To me, it's that anonymity factor. It's the idea that nobody has expectations on you, that you you have a new backdrop, you have new scenery, thoughts just feel more clear. I mean, I can go on and on about like the Tao of travel. And actually that's another book I want to write. Like I, it's, it's like a Zen experience, like just removing yourself from the familiar into the unfamiliar automatically. It, it, there's a transformation that happens because you're seeing everything different. Everything is different. You still have the demons in your head, but how you connect with the outside world and then in, in reflection, how you end up reconnecting with yourself inside. There's just beautiful transformations and it's not always positive either. There can be some really scary, lonely times, but when you work through that, it's not always like, Hey, fun and games. I'm alone. There are times where you, you genuinely feel lonely and you're, you're forced to work through it, whether it's through journaling, whether it's through just crying, whether it's realizing like, oh, this is what it's really like to be alone. And and the next morning you wake up, you're like, I'm still here and I'm still in Amsterdam, and I'm still in Amsterdam. I'm going to go walk on the streets right now. <laughs> like like you, you just find like those mechanisms that you have, those tools get really fine tuned. I always know in the back of my mind that I'll get through it. Oh, I love that, Melina. Yes, that is so beautiful and so important. I've definitely found myself a few times all alone at night in a hotel room, maybe a bit lonely or unsure. And I've learned how to counter those feelings. And like you said, worst case, I sleep it off and everything's better in the morning after coffee, of course. <laughs> I'd like to revisit what you said about being free to travel because you're not married and you don't have children. Is there anything 
that has surprised you about traveling within that demographic, maybe compared to when you were younger? Women who've never been married, no kids, like not to dwell on that, but like how, what an oddity we are. And if you fall into the trap that something's wrong with you and, and, and the repercussions emotionally from that, it, it can be a pretty harsh way to go through your second side B of life per se. Um, so I, I really fought that for a while when I first turned 50. Granted, I had just lost my dad. I had to move out of my home. There was a lot of loss going through a breakup. So that in itself was traumatic, but just the whole alone thing. And, and, and for some reason, there's more of a trigger for women because, you know, those expectations are still pretty built in societally. Like I haven't even mentioned the fact that when I travel alone, one of the first questions are, are you married? Do you have kids? I mean, do you think guys get those questions? I don't think so. I just thought about that. Like, that's a real gender kind of like, and, and there's so many times where people like look at me, like they feel so sorry for me. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, and, and I understand because they come from a culture where that's, but again, that's that sort of like assumption that I'm sad because I'm not married. Don't have a boyfriend. Don't have kids. I mean, there's times that I sure I wish I did, but so you find out a lot about who you are and how to uh, frame your own existence a lot on how other people frame you in their society. So that makes any sense at all. Like you kind of have to reevaluate, like, why am I single? And am I really happy? And like, you, sometimes you have to kind of question going, is this cool? Is this okay? And I'm really grateful to Melina for sharing those sentiments with us so openly. She never asked me, but I certainly think it's okay. As far as I can tell, she seems to be thriving. But I couldn't agree more that when we travel, other people are going to see us in different ways than we see ourselves, whether that's marital status or career path or even hairstyle. And they're going to prompt us to examine parts of ourselves that we haven't really considered before. But surely it goes both ways. As successful single women, Melina and her peers provide an example of a lifestyle that's largely been out of reach in many parts of the world. Next up, I asked Melina about her travel predictions once restrictions have lifted. I think we're going to have to become much more aware of the impact of tourism in general. That I want to be much more environmentally aware. I feel like I'm kind of talking tangentially, but for example, I feel like Hawaii needs to start diversifying their economy a bit more and become more agro-based and finding other ways to make income because we have the highest uh, in- unemployment right now in the nation at 35%, 40%. It's because we're so reliant on tourism. So, and I think the impact of tourism on Hawaii has really taken its toll. And on the flip side of that, to have seen the oceans get so much more clear and the animal life appearing birds singing louder, coral looking fresher in just two months alone has made me really think, rethink about how I travel and, and the kind of, not that I was, I mean, my groups are always very small. I try to take people off the beaten path. I try to, you know, stick to supporting local businesses when I travel. I don't stay in big hotels. I don't drive when I travel. I, I usually try to find local transportation or walk. I walk a lot, which is great when I travel or ride bikes. And even here, I'm doing more of that. So I think being more environmentally savvy, not savvy, just more aware, even the kind of suntan lotion that I use, like don't use the stuff that's going to leave like soot on the water. Like I use a so-called environmentally friendly sunscreen. Like I'd like to believe that I'm actually using something that's not going to hurt the coral. Oh yeah, that's super important. I think there's so many ways that we impact the environment that we don't even think about on a daily basis. And this 
pause has really given us the opportunity to see how nature thrives without our involvement. And even though borders have been closed for months now, I get the sense that we're also feeling more connected as humans, as part of a global community after we've all endured this pandemic together. Yeah. And how connected are we as a planet right now? I often say that energetically, like nothing in my lifetime has connected every single country around the world. Yes, it's over a virus, but I kind of feel like we're talk about empathy and compassion. Like we're at a heightened level of that right now. Yes, we may not know what it's like to live in India and, and be in poverty, but we know what it's like to live in fear right now of this virus. We know what it's like to really work and having watching your financial future kind of just like be a big mystery right now. And I feel like that ripple effect of how we travel. I always tell people who come my tours, like you're all ambassadors. You're all ambassadors. You're all representing the human race right now. Like do good, like just do good work. Be kind. Don't have attitude. Be grateful. Be humble. And we are also rethinking about the go, 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 go. Like, why are we traveling? Why are we moving so fast? Like, what are we going to? Are we running away from something? What are we going to do when we get there? Like, how are we helping by going where we're going? Like, I think we have to be a little bit more conscientious and more conscious. How are you contributing? And we'll see. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping people just travel like the Dickens so I can get back and running tours again. Me too. (laughs) I wouldn't worry about it. I think there's a lot of pent up demand. And you've already proven through your tours that you're supporting the right operators, the the small businesses in the destinations, you are, of course, traveling for all the right reasons. And your guests are going to be lucky to join you for that. We're about to wrap up. But do you have any final words of advice for someone who's thinking about traveling alone for the first time? I mean, not to steal Nike's expression, but I will just do it because I don't think there's a more great opportunity for self-exploration, for a sense of freedom, for feeling joy, for feeling excitement about being alive, for understanding the human condition in ways that you never could have imagined, to see kind of how you fit in the big world picture much more, to come home, to come home with so much more gratitude for what you do have at home. Uh, a reappreciation of just so much. Like to me, there's so many positives about traveling alone. Like, yeah, like there, it just, I could go on and on and I won't, but just do it. Just do it. Like there's never going to be a better time in your life than now. If not now, my other favorite expression is if not now, when do it, (laughs) just do it, (laughs) do it. Melina, thank you so much for joining. There she goes today. Such a pleasure chatting with you. Really appreciate your time. In the show notes, I'm going to link to Melina's tour company, Live, Laugh, Love, as well as her coaching site. And we didn't talk about it in this interview, but Melina has a gorgeous home in Mexico, Baja, California. It's available to rent, so I'm going to link to that info as well. That's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to hit subscribe and share it with a friend. Rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts also helps other women find us. For more on solo travel, visit VivianTravel.com. Wherever you are and wherever you go, I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye.